Ah, it's good to see all of your beautiful faces today. Good morning. Yay. <laughs> it's getting chilly outside, isn't it, these days? Ah, I'm like Ashling said, if you feel 30-ish. I'm 50 in January, but I still feel like I'm 30-ish, so <laughs> I'm going to come to the young adults. No, <laughs> I'll be a rebel. I'll take it up with them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> ah, well, I'm, I really feel like the Lord's given me something. We're, we're going to have baptisms at the end of the service today. We had some spontaneous baptisms at the end of the first service and some people who said yes to Jesus. So that's always wonderful. It always brings delight to my heart and um, it's, it's wonderful to celebrate our new life in Jesus, isn't it? And just letting go of the old. And I, I really feel like the Lord's given me something to share today um, uh, from the scripture and from my own life, what he's been doing in my own life. So I'm excited to share that. And I really feel like um, he's going to bring some breakthrough for where some, some of us have been a little bit stuck or weighed down by some things. So when Ashling was emceeing, she, I haven't spoken with her about the, the, what I'm preaching about today, but, but she was in the flow. So that was really good. And just the worship was just beautiful this morning. So I just let, let's just pray first. Um, just continue to worship Jesus. Why don't you just open up your hands? It's not magic, but you're just saying, I'm ready for everything that you have for me today. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor your presence here today. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your favor. All that we don't deserve, but you choose to lavish upon us because you're so generous. You're so kind. You are the faithful one. Anything and everything good in our lives, Jesus, is from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. Everything good that we do, everything good that we have, it is all from you, Father of lights. And we worship you. Thank you that you gave it all for us, Jesus. You gave everything. Jesus, you came you died and you rose again. You conquered death and you've taken us with you. As we've said yes to you, you've taken us with you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. Oh, we worship you. We are so thankful for everything that you do in our lives, for who you are, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the magnificent one, heaven's champion, the, the, our beloved, the lover of our souls. Oh, you are wonderful. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. We love you. And Father, I ask that, that, that you, as you always do, would, would allow your word to accomplish everything that you want it to do in our hearts today. Lord, we open up the gates of our hearts and we say, King of glory, come in. <laughs> King of glory, be glorified in us. We say yes, Holy Spirit, to just being soft to your touch to being molded to become more and more like Jesus today. <laughs> ah, let us walk out of here changed, every single one of us. I do not want to stay the same as I am right now. Let us be changed in your presence, because that's just what you do. <laughs> and we receive everything that you have for us today. Kingdom of God come, will of God be done in our midst, in our lives and in this nation, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Ah, Jesus is so wonderful. <laughs> I can never get tired of telling him how wonderful he is and thanking him for everything that he's done in my lives. And I hope none of us ever do. The moment that I start to get weary of that, I, I'm like, ooh, that's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you would like to turn to the book of Hebrews in your Bible, please. It's towards the end of the Bible, if you don't know, or you can just look it up in your phone if you have the Bible app. And I'm going to read from um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Um, and then I just want to share a little bit and we'll jump into the icy cold waters of baptism. Or I said in the first service, not really in the United States, we get the nice warm borders of baptism. <laughs> ah, okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. I'm reading from the NASB version, just because I really like it in this one. You can just follow along. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love this passage. I love the kind of visual picture. I'm quite a visual person and we're going to have a little visual illustration to help us. But I just love um, the picture, particularly that in that first part where it says, um, therefore, and it's talking about carrying on from chapter 11. Um, I love the fact, I, I really feel like today we're, we're going to get an encouragement, we're, we're going to um, remember and remind ourselves that we're surrounded by a multitude, a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us and who testify to us through the word and what they overcame and everything that they went through, even in their imperfectness, imperfections, they still um, are, are kind of counted as God's friends in the Bible. And, and today we're going we're gonna, to, I feel like he, he wants us, the Father wants us to hear him, um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit cheering us on and the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on saying, come on, you can do it, you can do it, don't be weary, don't, you're not stuck, get back up if you've fallen over or keep going, press on. And so I feel like there's, that, that, that we're going to, you know, where, where we feel like there's maybe some obstacles or some things weighing us down, we're going to just throw them off today. And, and as, we, as we respond to the Holy Spirit's invitation, there's going to be great freedom and joy this morning. So, you know, that we are in a race, we are running a race, and um, it's not just a dawdle. I know we like to rest in the Lord, but there's so many kind of opposites in the Bible. <laughs> we can rest in Christ Jesus because he's done it all. But there is, 
there is opportunity and time and the right time for us to be very participative in our life. And this is one of those, those invitations that um, we don't stay in a passive position. We rest in the fact that Jesus has done it all, but we participate with him to allow his salvation to work out of us. <laughs> so we are therefore, because of the great people listed in Hebrews 11, I won't go through it. And even the writer says, there's so many more that I could list. You know, we have Abraham and Sarah who God called out of their homeland, leaving their family and their comforts behind into a promised land to, be, to become the father and mother of faith. God spoke to them and called them out and they obeyed and followed his voice before they knew where they were going to go. So they, did, they, they were just holding on to the promise. They were fixing their gaze on the promise giver and, and, and clinging on to him. And they went out and, and by faith inherited the promises. And then we have Sarah also, who, Abraham and Sarah, who conceived a son, even though both of their bodies were beyond um, you know, conception and the ability to conceive, they both could look at their circumstances and say, well, that's impossible. But they didn't. They believed the promise of their father and they grabbed hold of it and they believed and by faith that God, what God said he was going to do, he, he was going to do and he did it. But even on the way, they, they tried to figure it out for themselves. So they weren't perfect in their faith, but they, they clung to, to the promise giver and they received the promise of Isaac. And then we can look at Noah, who would have looked completely foolish to the people in his midst, because for a long time it didn't start raining, but he was building this ginormous boat in front of everybody, and they probably thought he was an absolute fool. Does God ever ask you to do something and you think, are you crazy? Are you crazy? You know, he called us from England to move to Australia, Murray to give up his job, and then from Australia to come and move here to Raleigh, gave up his job with a, an accounting firm, and people thought we were crazy. But God, he, he'd spoken, and, and, and as, you, as we want to obey and listen to his voice, we, we want to follow him, not knowing how it's all going to work out. And so Noah, by faith, built the ark, obeyed God, and, and then God was faithful and saved his entire family and the whole of civilization through him and through faith. So these people are listed. We have Enoch. We have um, uh, Rahab, a prostitute. <laughs> They're not perfect people, but they believed God and they obeyed him and they held on to him as the prize and the promise giver. And they by faith, walked out and towards the prize, even though some of them didn't in inherit the fullness of it until they went to be with him in heaven. And so we are surrounded. Therefore, because we're surrounded by so great a throng of mighty men and women, although people who are weak and who need strengthening and who need God, just like us, they, they walk with a limp. They're imperfect. We're surrounded by those mighty men and women of God. And it's like the picture here is like a, a stadium. In those days, they would have had um, the games, like the Olympic Games, in a massive arena, a massive stadium where there's um, 
like tens of thousands of people, massive, huge arenas. And the picture that the writer wants us to get is like that kind of stadium where, with numbers that you can't count of people who've gone before us and who've lived their lives by faith and who are now, in a sense, in heaven, leaning over the stadium saying with their lives, come on, you can do it. Gene, you can do it. We, Jesus has got you. You can do it. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Keep going. That's what they're, they're shouting. And they're not literally shouting that. I, I think they're shouting it through the word, through their testimony. They were participators, not spectators. They participated in the race with God. They participated. They ran and they were part of the race. They sweat blood, some of them. Some of them were martyred and died. Some of them did not inherit the fullness, but they, they threw themselves all into the race and so we are surrounded by them. They testify, their lives testify to us of the goodness of God and his faithfulness and his, his ability to help us to endure, his ability to, to help us run the race. And so we are surrounded by them, by them, by this great cloud. Isn't that amazing? I love that. <laughs> I love to picture that. You know, I used to play tennis. I played um competitive tennis a bit. I was all right, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I, I used to love it when my, my mum or someone from my family or my friends would sit on the sideline and cheer me on. You know, if I did an ace and just like, they, I'm reliving it. Yeah, I'm trying to relive it. <laughs> if I did a really awesome serve and my opponent couldn't return it, and they'd be like, go, Ash, and I'd be like, yes! <laughs> and, then, oh! and then if I was not doing so well, if I was losing, they would still be like, it's okay, come on, you can do it, come on. They'd be standing on the sidelines cheering and clapping and encouraging me. And so I feel like we are surrounded by an amazing throng of cheerleaders, including the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we get to be cheerleaders for each other as we run the race, as we run our race. And so it's exciting. So we are surrounded by an amazing number of, of participators, not spectators. And I want to encourage you to participate in your race. Do not stand on the sidelines and watch things happen, but be a very active and not passive participator in your race. Now, this, this whole visual of, of a race is, is like, a, it, it, it's kind of, sig it signifies a struggle. It signifies it's, it's not an easy task. And, and, and I would say most of us would probably agree the Christian walk is, is not easy. People say it's quite simple. The gospel is simple. Following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy for us, is it? And, and we, we all deal with things that kind of try to weigh us down or things that have happened to us in our past or, you know, mental struggles that we, we might find, thoughts that, we, we, that overwhelm us sometimes, or circumstances, or we may have been born into a family where there was pain and trauma, or we may, have ex we may experience trauma. We, we have obstacles in our lives. It's not all smooth sailing when we say yes to Jesus. So there is a struggle, there is a race, but th this struggle, this race is not 
that we're racing against each other. It's not that we have to look to the person beside us and say, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you, do whatever I can to be. you, I'm going to trip you over, I'm going to knock you down. That's not the kind of race <laughs> that we are in. It's not to compete in any way with each other. It's not even to compete with ourselves or what we think is the best version of ourselves. It's actually we're running a race, we're, we're, we're pressing on through the struggle and overcoming and getting rid of the obstacles and the things that try to weigh us down because we're fixing our gaze on Jesus who is the prize. He is our great reward. And so we don't look to the right and compare ourselves or compete with our fellow brothers and sisters. We cheer each other on, but the reality is, is the race is a little bit of a struggle. And so I'm going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And I have also a, um, a visual that, because I, again, I said I'm a visual person. So I'm going to, um, in this, in this passage at the beginning where it says, let us, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, so they're around us and their lives are testifying to us, let us also, so just like they did, let us also, it's not like they're saying, well, you guys aren't good enough. You can't do it. Jesus isn't saying that to us. He's, he's saying, come on, let us also even though we might feel weak, we might feel a bit frail, we might feel a bit weary, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, which is every heavy weight, something that's very difficult to hold up under. That's what that word means. Let, let us lay aside, throw off every encumbrance, every heavy weight, every hindrance, that prevents us from doing something. And then also, and the sin which so easily entangles us, the sin that tries to cling to us, the, the issues of the heart, the, um, you know, the encounters that we have with someone where we have the choice, are we going to forgive or are we going to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness? Or the, the um, situation, the big thing that God has spoken over your life, do we shy away and hold back in timidity or do we go with boldness and courage and say, Jesus, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you know, and I'm going to walk, walk, press forward and endure. So there's, it's to lay aside every heavy weight, to throw every heavy weight off and also to un get untangled from the sin that so easily clings to us, the stuff that tries to stick to us and cause us to be slowed down in our race. To call that it's not just what's slowing us down, but it's also what's in front of us that's causing us to stumble, or what needs to be moved out of the way that is is trying to cause us to fall over or be knocked off course. And so I'm going to invite Murray to come up here. Did you get a couple of other people to come? Okay. So David and Aaron. Well, David's got his Jesus shirt on. So David is going to be the, he's going to be us today. Excellent. David is going to be the, the athlete, the fine specimen of an athlete running the race today, David. You might need to do a bit of warming up. I'm going to get you to try and sprint. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, stretch those glutes. 
Okay, so what I'm going to have is I'm going to have Aaron is going to be the encumbrance. I, I break that off of you. That's not what you are, Aaron. You are not a heavyweight or a hindrance. But in this instance, you are going to be a hindrance and a heavyweight in terms of trying to block David from getting to where he's going. Murray is going to be the sin that so easily clings, the sin that entangles. Again, that's not who you are, my love. <laughs> but you're going to, so this is what life can feel like sometimes for us. You know, it's not always a fast sprint and we just make it right to the finish line. Life throws some curveballs at us. We have stuff, even though we know that Jesus dealt with sin on the cross and he no longer looks at us as sinful, he looks at us as saints, but we still need to appropriate the work that he did on the cross in our lives. And so we still, because we live in a fallen world, have issues that come up that we need to deal with. And sometimes those issues, I don't know about you, but they feel like they can be a bit heavy and weigh me down sometimes. Or I feel like I'm tripping over the stuff that I thought I dealt with five years ago. And I'm like, Jesus, am I here again? And he's like, yes, yes, welcome. Just take another layer of the onion off. Here's another level of freedom. Listen to my voice. Obey what I'm telling you to do. Don't just lay there. Get up and do something. You can partner with me. Okay. Right, David. You feeling strong? Murray, can you get on David's back as the sin that so easily clings <laughs> that maybe they're those thoughts of, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Maybe it's rejection. Nobody loves me. People didn't say hello to me today at church. And so, no, I don't belong. I didn't get invited to that party. I, I'm not important like other people. Or, oh, I'm not as good looking as that person. Or, you are good looking, David, don't worry. <laughs> the sin that's so easy. Oh, if only I was um, better at doing this. Or if only, you know, or I can't forgive that person. What they've done is too much. Or I can't even forgive you, God, not that he needs forgiveness, but this is too painful for me and I cannot let it go, so I'm going to hold it against you and that's going to cling to me. I know we think we don't do those things, but we do. Okay, so the sin that so easily clings and Aaron is the obstacle. Now picture in a, in a race and the, the race in Christ, the race of us as, as disciples is a marathon. It's not a sprint right? It's a marathon. It's long. It's a long distance and we want to endure. We are invited to endure and we have the Holy Spirit to help us endure. It's long distance. We don't want to be fast burning, burnout Christians. We want to be burning and sustain the burning, the fire of God on the inside, but we do not want to blow up and burn out. And so sometimes we need to be strengthened on the inside, but we need to be active and not passive in th dealing with the issues. In a race, in a marathon race, they often all start along a line, but then they gather in together and there's like a throng of people. And sometimes if you watch those games, I hate it when someone falls over. You know, you see these, these, these um, times where someone steps on their heel and they, they're winning and then they tumble and they, they get thrown off and everyone else takes over them. Well, this is the picture that is kind of being shown to us in this passage. And so Aaron, you're going to be like that crowd. Now people, I'm not saying that it's people's fault that throw us off. They're not the obstacles. We don't blame people. 
But for the visual, Aaron is going to be in the race and an obstacle blocking. And so David, I want you to do everything that you can to throw off the sin that easily entangles and to remove, boot out every weight, every encumbrance, every obstacle that gets in your way. And I want you to run from there to there. Okay, ready, set, go. Come on, David, throw him off. Come on, you can do it. Keep going. Come on, run. Quick, throw him off, David. Don't hold on to him. Throw him off. Let him go. Get him out of the way. Yay! <laughs> well done. Well done. You know, <laughs> well done. Excellent. We were part of the great crowd of witnesses cheering you on, David. <laughs> and that sin that got thrown off fell onto Nat, so she's thrown it off as well. <laughs> but the thing is, what we, ha- we sometimes have these things that, that cling to us or these things that we hold on to. That, that actually are not for us to hold on to. We're coming to the end of a year where the, at the beginning of the year, the Lord said, I want all of your hearts. I want purity. I want, I'm, I'm looking for holiness. You are holy. Be holy as I am holy. And we've had this year and I've been dealing with my own stuff. I don't know about you guys, but just, I just want to be free. I want to let go of it. I do not want anything in my life that is not supposed to be in my life. I want to get rid of every single little thing. Even the things that have become like creature comforts or little critters that I've got used to, those, those little things that you think, oh, they're not really that bad, but actually what they're doing is they are hindering me from really going after and, and doing everything that the Father has called me to do. And I also want to kick out of my life everything that would want to trip me up or block me or stop me from running my race with fire and passion and purity and love and greater endurance and greater patience and greater self-control, all of those things. I want to get rid of them all. And that's the picture of this in this in this passage is throw off, just get rid of, do not hold on to it. Do not think, oh, this is just who I am. I'm a contemplative person. I'm not an A-type personality that's a go-getter. I'm just like a, oh, you know, go with the flow kind of person. You know, you can go with the flow, that's okay. But do not go with the flow if it's something that shouldn't be in your life. Do not live with it. And so Jesus is saying, get rid of it, throw it off, kick out the obstacles. And there may be some things in your life that are an obstacle that for someone next to you running the race are not an obstacle for them. But for you, you know they need to be booted out and kicked out of your life. And so don't look to someone else to get your affirmation of whether that's good for you or not. Ask the Holy Spirit, does this need to be in my life? Does this relationship need to be in my life? Does this job, do I need to be doing this job? Do I need to not be doing this job? Do I need to um, let go of that friendship? 
sometimes it is right to let go of relationships because they don't actually help us, aid us in getting to where we need to go. And the chances are, if you're in a relationship like that, you're doing, you're being the same load and burden for someone, the other person that's in the relationship with you. So let's not be afraid or ashamed to throw it off and let it go. Let's keep running the race. Now, the, the amazing thing is, and I love this, this, is in these races, back in the day, I'm not advising that any of us do this, except in the privacy of our own homes. Back in the day, the athletes wore a robe into the stadium. They would come in to, to the stadium covered in a robe. Okay, so that's throwing off that weight because you can't run with a robe, you're gonna get it tangled around your legs, you're gonna get stuck, you're gonna get hot and sweaty, and you won't have freedom to really run with all your strength and all your might. So, but they would come in with a robe, and when they got there, they would throw off and strip down. So literally, what this is, is saying, they got naked for the race. Now, again, I'm not saying run around naked, don't hear me say that. But there's something beautiful in this. I think there's a, an openness and an intimacy and a lack of shame or needing to cover up anything that the Father is inviting us into where we get to let go of the things that are kind of holding us back or causing us to feel ashamed or causing us to feel like not fully ourselves. And so the athletes would strip off and run naked. The other thing that it also means is they would literally lose weight intentionally. They would get rid of excess weight so that they could run the race with stamina and, and endurance. Now, some of us, we really need to, um, in a sense, uh, let go of of the things that are trying to wrap themselves around our identity, the things that are trying to weigh us down, or the, the things that are causing us to not really live fully as we are. You know, the, often that sin that clings, the stuff that we find really difficult to let go of, that maybe nobody else knows about, that causes us to feel shame, doesn't it? And when shame comes in, when we partner with shame, it causes us either to put on a mask, a fake mask, and like, oh, yeah, when you come to church or you meet up with your friends, yeah, I'm great. How are you? Fine, fine, fine. Feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. We say that's what that means. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's all good. <laughs> When it's not really, but we feel like if they really knew what was going on on the inside me, if they really knew that I'd looked at that pornography yesterday, if they really knew that I shouted at my, my husband yesterday, if they really knew that I shouted at my child yesterday, if they really knew that I did this in my past, if people really knew it, they wouldn't love me, they'd reject me, they'd, they, they wouldn't accept me, and I can't accept me. How could God accept me? So I'm going to put on the fake face and pretend. That's what shame does when, we, when we've kind of been struggling with something and struggling to let go of something. Or the other thing it does is it causes us to run away and hide. It causes us to withdraw and not, not be in relationship, not be open and vulnerable. It causes us to not open up our hearts fully to let people in. And so we withdraw and hide. And we do that with God the Father. But this picture of the athletes running naked, for me, I'm like... Oh, Jesus, let me be 
Let, let me be like Adam and Eve before the fall. That's what you've made. You've created me to be that. You've created us to be naked and unashamed, naked, completely bare before you. And even with each other to be to, to be fully open, to let people in and to let others know us and let ourselves be known by them and, let their, let, and want to get to know them. Nothing hidden from you primarily, Holy Spirit, but also from each other. That's the invitation to allow the Holy Spirit to just lift off any shame. I just want to share a little bit about my journey um, because the thing is, as I said, it was also, it's also literally about um, letting off, you know, getting rid of excess weight. And a few people have said to me, oh, you look like you've lost some weight. Well, I have. I've lost over 33 pounds in the last few months. Yay, Jesus. It's not really about weight, though. That's the thing. The issue is not really about gaining weight or losing weight, although I have found it much easier to gain weight than I have to lose weight over my life. My husband doesn't have this issue. People kept saying, wait till he turns 30, and then 30 went, and then wait till he turns 40. 40 came by, and now everyone's saying, wait till he turns 50. I'm like, I'm not waiting for him. I'm going to get rid of it now. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but, um, I, but the issue is not wait. So I, please don't feel hear any shame if I'm talking to anyone here who struggles with weight. Now, you can be a skinny fat person too, let me tell you that. You can have issues on the inside and, and, and be very unhealthy on the inside but not look like you are on the outside as well. So it's not just about weight. Anyway, not labeling anybody. So, <laughs> But for myself, I've had this issue over my life. I've dealt with so many issues of my heart and my thought life and, and just abandonment issues and you know, significance issues and stuff that the Father has, you know, been so kind and loving to me dealing with. But I've had this last piece of the puzzle. It's not the final piece, I know that, but it's been a piece of the puzzle that has been pretty big in my life. And that is the, um, some shame that I feel about my body and some um, just things that are causing me to, to look to other stuff to get my comfort from, primarily food. And so, you know, we all, it's good. God wants us to be attached and healthily bonded in relationship, right? But we all have stuff that has happened to us as a child or as a teenager or as an adult that has kind of damaged some of that stuff. And I'm aware that I've, I had some issues growing up, but it's not about those issues. It's about my response. And so my, my response to some things in my life was I would get comfort from food because I could control that or I didn't control it. But it would, you know, we, we have these things sometimes that they make us feel better in the moment, but they don't last. We don't last feeling better. Then we feel shame and we feel embarrassed and we're like, oh, I thought I... I thought I was stronger than this. I thought I had more power than this. You know, I'm going to get the willpower. It's New Year's Day. I'm going to start all over again. I've been there and done it, you know, all the fad diets, everything. Now, my issue was not the weight so much as the deeper heart issue. I'm not saying this is all about weight, but just what is interesting about this story, this 
passage is they, the athletes to be, they needed to be lean and focused and throw off the excess weight so they could really run the race. And so the fathers had me on this journey over the last few months of really getting to the root of some of my false comforts. And some, you know, I would, I would celebrate with food. If, I, if, I'm, if I've been stressed, I would have something to make myself feel better. I'm going to be really honest with you. If I was tired, oh, I'll have some food because it'll make me feel better. Now, I, I eat a healthy, I eat a pretty healthy diet, but I'm married to a man who can eat pretty much whatever he wants. And so I would join him in eating pretty much whatever he wants, but he's not responsible for what I put in my body. I am. And so he has never judged me. He's always said I, he's so blessed with genes, and I bless him with those genes. But my genes haven't fit me. <laughs> So, I've been on this journey with the Holy Spirit and with my friend Beth, who's been coaching me a bit on the way, because I needed to invest and do something radical to deal with to deal with it. And the Holy Spirit has been unraveling some and untangling some of the sin issue of overeating, of comforting myself with food in my life. And as a result, the manifestation is... The physical manifestation is I'm throwing off the weight, praise the Lord. But the greater manifestation is I feel freer than I ever have done before. I feel more empowered than I ever have done before because I have Jesus on the inside of me and I'm able to say no to what I need to say no to and yes to what I need to say yes to. Now, you may have things in your life, not food issues, but you may have things in your life that when you are struggling a bit with, a, with sin, when you're struggling with an issue that's been going on in your life for a little while, or maybe it's newer, and you're like, I just can't, I'm struggling to deal with this, and I need to feel better about myself. Maybe you think, okay, well, if I keep everything really clean in my house, if I keep everything spotless, I will feel better about myself, and then I won't have this issue, because I feel really good when I can get everything clean, even though on the inside, I feel a bit dirty, and I feel a bit ashamed. Maybe you have, think, oh, well, I'm going to go and have this experience. I'm going to go on a holiday. If I have a vacation, oh, the, the, my workload won't feel so bad. I'll be able to come back and be rested, and I've been there and done that. I'm like, nope, the work is still there. Murray's old boss used to say, the grass is always greener on the other side, but the face in the mirror is still the same. Your issues go with you on vacation, and they come back with you on vacation if you don't deal with them. So sometimes we think, if I do this, if I have this experience, if I, if I go on, if I seek this thrill, then I, it'll numb the pain or it'll make me feel more excited and more joyful, but it's only fleeting and lasting. Maybe there's a person in your life, if or you want a person, oh, if only I can get married, if only I can find a husband, if only I can find a wife, then everything will be better. I'll be able to really go after God then. I'm like, I'm only half a person while I'm single and I need to find that person and then my life will be better. I'm, or I need a boyfriend to make myself feel better about myself or I need a girlfriend to make myself feel better or I need a best friend. I've always got to have my best friend with me. I've always got to have that group of friends. I have to be part of that crowd. Maybe there's a person that, that, that is, is that kind of thing for you that, that gives you that comfort. But actually, or maybe it's a substance. Maybe you've struggled with alcohol issues. Maybe you've struggled with overeating or undereating. 
and controlling through that way, or maybe through drugs. All of these things are false comforts and false joys, and I've been dealing with them in my own life, and, and the thing is, is shame is, is a horrible um, weight and a, and a sin when we slip over and fall up and just fall back into something, shame keeps us in that place. And today, I really believe that the Lord is saying no more. He's saying no more. So there's freedom today from shame and from things that you have struggled with throwing off and letting go. Now, the good news is none of us can do this in and of ourselves. Absolutely none of us are able to have enough willpower, to have enough strength to do this in our own strength. But the wonderful thing is Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, what does it say in this passage? It says, let us run the race with, in, that is, with endurance, the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So, so how do we do this? We fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author of our faith. He is the originator, the source of our faith. Any faith that we have is a gift from him. It's nothing that we muster up ourselves. Any faith that we have to overcome is because he's given it to us. Any strength that we have to overcome is because we have the strong one, the strong man, Jesus, on the inside of us, enabling us to be able to say no. Any, anything... He is the prize. He is our great prize, our great reward. He is the the wind behind us pushing us forward. He's our friend who's beside us saying, come on, you can do it. Jesus is our champion. He's the one who, who was the model. He was the one who went before us and did it before us so we can look at him. But not just the model, not just the example. He is it for us. He is our race. He is our endurance. He is our freedom. He is our honor no shame. He is everything. And so we cannot do it in our own strength, but in Christ Jesus, because we've been placed in him, we are free and we are able to run the race with stamina that comes by him, through him, and from him every day of our lives. To be able to say no to ungodliness, to be able to throw off and have the strength to not go back into those old patterns, to be able to kick out the things that need to be kicked out and not settle for anything less than his best for us. So what is it that you need to shed? What is it that's slowing you down? What is it that is causing you to stick trip over? What are you just settling for or just living with? Today, he wants to set us free. Okay. (laughs) Jesus, the author and the perfecter, so he's the one who originated it, and he's also the one that makes it happen and perfects us in as we walk with him. Now, the beautiful thing is he He did it for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus, he was, now it's not like he was on the cross going, oh, I can't handle this. It was incredibly painful. It was torturous. It was horrible. It was horrific. And he took sin into himself. He became one with sin. He was bruised and crushed and beaten for us so that we wouldn't have to experience that. Now, 
he, on the cross, I believe that he, it's saying he endured the cross. He, the, the weight of the cross, he was able to look through the cross. Ashling was saying this earlier. Jesus looked through the cross. He didn't stop at the cross. He looked through the cross and he saw he was going to the Father, going back to the Father, taking many sons to glory with him, looking at our face. We were the joy set before him at the cross that was, enabled him to look through it and keep going and endure until he died and then trusted the Father to resurrect him and raise him to life. And so Jesus, as we fix our gaze on Jesus in the race, we are able to look through the obstacles, to kick them out of the way, to throw off the sin and keep fixing our gaze on Jesus because we have him on the inside of us. We can endure. If we trip over, if we fall fall, if we stumble, if we get distracted, we can just fix our gaze back on him. And he's like, come on, my son, come on, my daughter, you've got it, I've got it, I did it. You can overcome because I overcame for you. In me, you can do all things. Woo! (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) So it was him. And then the the final thing I just want to say is he despised, despising the shame of the cross. Jesus shamed shame. He heaped shame on shame as he was victorious over it. He shamed shame. So if there is any shame that, that any of us feel, Jesus has dealt with it all. Jesus has shamed it. Jesus has removed it from our very being and hurled it as far away from the east is to the west because of his great love for us. Okay, I want to invite you to stand. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We just fix our eyes on you right now, Holy Spirit. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus, our great prize, our great reward. We love you. Why don't you just open up your hands? Father, thank you. Thank you that you sent Jesus who ran the race for us, ahead of us, who went before us. Thank you that you, Jesus, took all of the sin and the shame and the blame, all the wrong things, all the bad things, everything. You became one with it on the cross Thank you that you gave your life willingly for us. You had each of us in your view at the cross and you looked through the cross and you overcame in your perfection. You didn't give in, but you kept going and you endured to the end. Thank you that you, we have your empowering presence with us, the Holy Spirit to run the race with endurance. We look to you, Jesus, our prize. You are our prize. I really want to give an opportunity for anyone who has never said yes to Jesus before or who has said yes but kind of fallen away off the racetrack. I want to give you an opportunity just to get in the race today. 
And so if you could just keep your eyes closed. If you haven't said yes to Jesus before, I want to invite you to do that right now today, to let go of any excuses or thinking, I've got to fix myself and make myself better before I say yes to Him. Let go of that. Throw that off and just say yes to Him now. You can pray with me. Jesus, I need you. I recognize I can't do it by myself. I've tried to fix myself. I've tried to be good, but I always fall short. I give you my life today. I surrender. I believe that you died for me. You paid for my sin. I believe that three days later you rose again. And today I give you my whole life. I give you my efforts. I give you my failures. I give you my weakness. And I give you my strength. Make your home in me right now. I receive your love. I receive your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to ask if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you you said yes to coming back to Jesus because you felt like you were off the track, can you just give me a wave? I just want to honour you. Just give me a wave. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you fill my friends. Holy Spirit, fill them, fill them. I just declare welcome home to you. I want to invite you just to come forward if um, we would like some people to pray with you. And I want to give you an opportunity today. If you have been dealing, anyone else who's been dealing with some heavy weights, whether it's um, finding comfort in other areas or whether it's just... um, you know, stuff that you've just settled with and you, but you really, as I've been speaking, you feel like, God, I want to let go of this fear of man. I want to let, I want to throw off the um, rejection. I want to throw off the abandonment that I feel. I want to throw off the gossip that I struggle with. I want to throw off, I want to kick out of my my life these obstacles that are in front of me. If you, I want to get rid of any attachment, ungodly attachment to people or things or substances. And today is the day that I'm just saying enough is enough. I want to invite you just to come forward. There's absolutely no shame. I feel, I felt like the invitation is to step out. It's like I'm getting I'm in the race and I'm just showing this stuff that it has no hold on me any longer. This is it. And I want to invite you to come forward. We're going to pray with you. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So please do not hold back. Allow, if you feel kind of nervous on the inside, that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, come on, I'm inviting you forward. There's no shame. There's no blame. Today is a day of freedom. You're not stuck It's not too hard. Can we get ministry team to come and gather around these people, please? Your struggles are not who you are. 
The obstacles do not define you. Even if you've fallen over, you're getting back up by coming out here. So I just want to acknowledge that and celebrate that right now. Well done. Well done. Bringing things into the light allows the light to shine on them and it says they become light. Okay, can we have someone with every person? Raise your hand if you don't have a hand on your back so that we know that you're here for prayer. Can we get more ministry team or um, Ignite group leaders come pray? Just keep your hand up until someone comes and puts their hand on your back. Okay, so right now we're going to just repent of our ungodly attachment to things. Maybe it's substances. Maybe it's an identity. Maybe it's just shame. And and you're going to just repent. There's a young lady here. Can we have a lady come and Okay, so why don't you just talk to Jesus? Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I repent for finding comfort in other things. I repent for finding my security in experiences or individuals or in my own. I repent for doing things in my own strength. Or I repent for being apathetic and thinking I can't do anything about it, that there's nothing, it's hopeless. I repent for being apathetic. God, I repent for not honouring my body and seeing the value that you've placed on me and in me. And Lord, right now, I let go of that identity. I let go of those things. I throw them off. If you need to do something just to kind of show that you're throwing it off, if you need to pretend you're pulling off a garment or just throwing something or kicking something to the side, I want to encourage you, just do it as a prophetic act. Throw it off. We just, right now, we throw off everything that's hindered us, every weight that's held us back, every obstacle we kick out of the way right now, Holy Spirit, and we, Father, un unhook unhook us from these things. I just see the Father unhooking. I want to invite you to give those things that you have come here for, give them to Jesus. Just hand them in a package to Him. Hand them over to Him. And then just ask Him, what do you have for me in replace? What do you want to say to me right now, Jesus? Don't doubt what you hear him say. You're my son, my beloved son, whom I love, and in you I am well pleased. Thank you for freedom, Jesus. Thank you for your freedom. We lift off all shame. We dust off all shame. And we just say, more Holy Spirit, come and fill, come and fill, come and fill, come and fill, come and fill. (sighs) Thicken your presence, God. We declare today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for freedom. We will no longer be bound or trip over these things. And we, I just, I just release the Holy Spirit, the fire in your, in your body, 
the presence of God, His empowering presence with you as you leave here. I just release that to you right now, like an atomic explosive bomb of power that you have access to when this stuff tries to come back, that you just say, no, that is not who I am. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to transition. You can stay and receive. We're going to transition into baptisms. We have some people getting baptized today. I want to invite you to to stay and participate in this. I also just want to say, if you could get your kids first, that would be good and bring them back in because we have some kids being baptized. You can come forward. We want to celebrate. But I also just felt like there may be some people here in this line who have actually, maybe you've been baptized before or maybe you haven't. But I felt like today that there may be some people that want to get into the water as a prophetic act. It's not like a rebaptism, but what it is is like a fresh baptism of fire. And I feel like there may be some people that want to climb into that tank and go down in the water and you're like, it is done. It's washing off of me and I'm letting it go. And as you come up, there's like fresh freedom. So if you wanna do that today, you can come and do that. We've got towels. It's only a bit of water, you'll dry off. And there's no shame, it's all wonderful. So I'm gonna invite those of you who said yes to being baptised to come forward. And if there's anyone here who would like to just be dunked in that water as like a fresh cleansing, then you're free to do that too. Excellent. I'll hand over to my friend Ashling right now.